Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. We're going to get right into God's Word. We'll be going to John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. I'll give you guys a couple minutes, a couple seconds to get there, actually. A couple minutes is too long. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screens. We have a Bible up there. My sermon title tonight is The Helper. The Helper. Let's get into it. I'm reading out of the ESV. It says this. And now I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And as the helper... He's referring to the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Turn to the person next to you and say, you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be with you. I usually have quite a bit of scripture going over a story in the Bible, but God just wanted me, I just felt like God wanted me to preach on this specific verse right here, and I believe it's going to speak to you. Uh, so before we, before we take a seat, let's pray together, okay? God, I thank you, Lord, for tonight, God. God, I pray right now, Jesus, over, over every single heavy heart that's in this place, Jesus. I pray, Lord, over every single person that may, have, may feel dis- defeated, that may feel discouraged, God, that may feel weak, Jesus. I pray right now, God, by your spirit, God, that you begin to lift up their spirits, God, lift up their minds, God. Take them to a higher place, Father God. If other people, God, are going to aim low, God, we're going to go high, Jesus. Whenever the enemy aims low, God, we're going to go higher, God. I pray right now, Jesus, that these people would know who you are, God, that they would know your spirit, Jesus, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, God. And I pray that you would anoint these ordinary words tonight, Father God, and that you would get all the praise, God, and you would get all the glory, God. We worship you and we praise you in your mighty and precious name. Everybody said Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, you need some help. Man, you need some help. You may be looking good, but you, but you need some help, man. Um, anybody in here have a membership to the gym? Raise your hand. Like, I want to see some of you guys are like, lying. I, I, like, I don't even go to the gym. Like, maybe you, <laughs> I saw something on uh, Twitter. It was like, man, I forgot to go to the gym today. That makes eight years in a row. Dang it. So I don't know if you have a membership to the gym or not. Maybe you have a membership to um, Gold's Gym. Maybe you have a membership to the YMCA. Uh, maybe you have a membership to Pure Fitness. Maybe you have a membership to Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, right? We got the new, like, funny thing about Victoria, whenever something new comes up in Victoria, everybody flocks to it, right? It's just crazy, a large amount of people, and I've seen Planet Fitness get really large. And I saw something online, and I heard somebody tell me something at that something that happens at Planet Fitness every single Monday and every single Tuesday. Every single Monday is Pizza Monday. So they serve pizza at the gym. Not only that, but Tuesdays are Bagel Tuesdays. Like, we're supposed to go to the gym to get fit, but they're trying to make us fat. Like some of you guys are like, I'm going to go apply at Planet Fitness. I found my gym. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to go apply for this. Like, I don't go to public gyms too often because I work out from home. I have a home gym. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because I don't like working out around a large amount of people most of the time. But 
Before I had a home gym, I went to the public gym. I went to Gold Gym. I actually remember my last time at Gold's Gym. And it was chest day, and I remember it vividly. Uh, I walked into Gold's Gym, and there were so many people at Gold's Gym. Uh, I had a lot of people from school, and this is whenever I was in high school. Uh, there was a lot of friends of mine at the gym, a lot of people that I knew from school. And it was chest day, and I went there by myself, and I decided to end the workout with a bench press workout with the bar, you know, and the, and the weights. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and hit the bench press. But for those in here that lift, where the lifter's at, you got to know the important Slavic. Yeah, that's my lifting buddy right here. He helps me. For those in here that lift, that they know the, you have to know the importance of having a spotter, right? Having a person that's going to spot you, that's going to help you out, make sure that you don't make any mistakes, making sure that whenever one arm, you have like one arm that's really weak and one arm is really strong, just like this, you know, and you got to have a person that's going to help you lift it up like to help you finish off those last few reps that you probably couldn't finish by your own strength. Well, I didn't have that that day. I was at Gold's Gym. I was like, I'm going to finish this chest day off with the bench press. I went to the bench press. I got myself psyched up. I was listening to like the Red Hot Chili Peppers in my earphones. I was like, let's do this. I'm going to get it. Getting hyped up. And I got underneath the, the bench press, and I, and I, put, I put 145 on. Uh, before I got underneath the bench press, I put 145 on one side and then another 45-pound weight on the other side, and I, I began to do my reps, and on the fifth or sixth rep, and I was making the noise like, ugh, ugh, I was doing it, and I noticed that one of the plates started to shake, and not only was it shaking, but it was moving, because one arm was becoming weaker than the other, then it hit me, oh my gosh, I forgot to put the clips on the bar, so one side was clipped, and then the other side wasn't which meant that the other one started moving, and then whenever it started moving, it didn't stop moving, and it completely just fell off. I didn't have a spotter, okay? And that meant that it became unbalanced, and the other side just flew off. Like, I remember this one time my dad told me at a Riverside Convention Center, there used to be a gym at one point, and this guy went in the gym, and uh, he was like a big guy, and he could squat a whole bunch, and he took his girlfriend uh, with him to the gym, and he was doing some squats, and he had like Four, uh, four plates of 45 on one side and four plates of 45 on the other side. And he was doing the squats, and he was going to add it. And then the girlfriend was, like, sitting to the right of him, uh, watching him, admiring him as he was doing the squats. And he got finished with the squats. He grabbed off, and he, this is a rookie mistake. This is, like, you should not do this. Like, you got to mo remove one weight at a time, right? Especially if you have two people. It's like, hey, let's remove the plates at the same time, because otherwise things are going to get unbalanced. It's going to fall. He ends up taking, like, all four of the plates off, and the girlfriend is on the other side where the weights are on. My dad told me this. He saw the weight completely just flip, fall on her foot, and hit her straight in the face. She broke her nose. She broke her foot. She broke everything. It was bad. So in this moment, I'm at the gym, and I'm working out. My weight falls off, and boom. It just makes such a loud noise. It's like boom. Everybody hears it. They, they look at me. It almost hits a person. I almost got sued for a second. And everybody looks at me, and, and people from school, they started laughing at me, and I became embarrassed. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that just happened. I could have let that affect my workout and not finish and just walk out of the gym because I was embarrassed. I was blushing, but I said no. Like, I got way too much pride for that. I finished the workout confidently. I walked out of there with my head held high, shoulders back. I haven't been, been, I haven't been back since, but it's Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make my return one day. I will make my return. 
See, the reason that the weights fell is because I didn't have a helper. The, the weights crashed because I didn't have a person there to help me out. Uh, I, I didn't have a spotter. I didn't have a person to help me and guide me to make sure that I could lift the right weight, uh, that I didn't make, so that way I didn't make any errors. And because I didn't, the weights began to fall. And I think the same is true when it comes to our lives and when it comes to the ultimate helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me tell you tonight, first of all, I need help in my life. Like, I, I can't do life by myself. Even you can't do life by yourself. Like, we as a church, we cannot do life by ourselves. We, we can't do it by our own strength in life. We need something greater than us to go through life to go through hardships, to feel encouragement, to feel peace that we need to feel in life. And Jesus knew that we needed that in life, so Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to help us in our lives. Anybody thankful for that tonight? Amen. See, one of the biggest mistakes that we could ever make in our lives is to think that we're so big, to think that we're so smart, to think that we're so strong, that we're so gifted, and that we're so talented that we don't need God's help in our day-to-day lives. One of the biggest mistakes that we can make, because whenever we have that mindset, weights will begin to drop in our lives. Let me encourage you, or let me first tell you, this may not even, may not even encourage you, I don't care how strong you are, I don't care if you got a six-pack, you got eight-pack, ten-pack, twelve-pack, I don't care if you can bench press 500 pounds, uh, I don't care how smart you are, uh, I don't care how much money is in your bank account. We all need Jesus, every single last one of us. We need the Holy Ghost in our lives, every single last one of us, because the truth is you are never too strong where you don't need help. I'm going to say that again. You are never too strong in life that you don't need help. Imagine how much pain, how much sorrow, how many mistakes, how many mess-ups in our lives could be avoided if we simply obeyed the voice and we followed after the Holy Spirit and we allowed the Holy Spirit to help us in our life because Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us. You are not doing life alone. God will never leave you. Leave you. He'll never forsake you. God is always with you. You may not be able to see him, but let me tell you, he is there. He dwells and he lives on the inside of you. Even whenever you can't see him, you can feel him. You can embrace him. His spirit lives in you. We all need help tonight. Every single last one of us, young or old, it doesn't matter. I love how Jesus says in John chapter 14 that he will give you another helper to be with you forever. We're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. That's what we're talking about, the helper, the Holy Spirit. We all need help. I love how Jesus says he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let me first start off by saying tonight that we don't have the watered-down, low-budget version of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years later. In fact, the Bible says that the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead dwells and lives inside of you. You needed to know tonight that you have resurrection power living on the inside of you. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And just because your feelings change doesn't mean that God changes. Come on. Just because you feel some type of way doesn't mean that God feels 
that type of way. God doesn't change. His love for you remains the same. He knows what's best for you. God is the same. The same spirit that was inside Jesus Christ is inside of us tonight. You need to know that. Amen? The Holy Spirit is just as powerful today than it has ever been. He, 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 is, he is eager and wanting to help us every day. So the question is, how does the Holy Spirit help me? Uh, I hear what you're saying, Caleb. I, I know you're, you're getting loud, you're yelling, you're, you're passionate about this whole thing. Like, Caleb, how does the Holy Spirit help me? And how do I allow the Holy Spirit? How do I let the Holy Spirit help me in my day-to-day -day life? And I have four points I want to make tonight to show us how the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit helps us in our lives. Amen? First of all, the Holy, Holy Spirit heals. That's the first point. This is how the Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit heals. It's very important that we talk about this first right here, that the Holy Spirit heals. It's very important because you have to know that everything healthy grows. Yeah, every, everything healthy grows. Like, sometimes before God can use you the way that he wants to use you in your life, he has to heal you the way that he needs to heal you. I'm going to say that again because I may have said that way too fast. Before God, sometimes before God can use you the way that he wants to use you, he has to heal you the way that you need to be healed in your life. See, and I'm not just talking about physical healings. I'm talking about spiritual healing. I'm talking about emotional healing. I'm talking about relational healing because many people come to God and maybe you came to God because you realized that your life was jacked up and that you were messed up and you're trying to find out a way to fix your life. And maybe you've tried everything that you can try to do to fix it, but it's still not working. And there's so many people out there that have tried to do everything, tried every single self-help book, but they realize that they can't help themselves, that they need help from God. And they, they get to a point finally where they say, God, I need your help. So how does God heal us? The Holy Spirit wants to heal you tonight. He'll heal you of whatever may be going on or maybe whatever happens in your life, all the baggage that you carry in your life. How does he do that? The first step to healing is revealing. The first step to healing is revealing. Like God can't heal what you're not willing to reveal. God cannot heal what you're not willing to reveal and give to him. See, because we all have hurts, and we all need healing in our lives. Maybe you need healing from abuse tonight. Maybe you need healing from disappointments. Maybe you need healing from past mistakes. Maybe you need healing from injustice. Maybe you need healing from mistreatments. And for most people, whenever they have these issues in life, whenever life feels overwhelming, whenever they have issues, they sweep it underneath the rug. Instead of facing those problems and facing those issues and insecurities in life, they run away from the problems. This is too much for me to handle. This is too much for God to handle. You may be even saying that tonight. Maybe you have that one thing in your life where you're saying, God, if only this one thing in my life was removed, I could follow after doing it. I could follow after you and do what you called me to do, but you have this one thing in your life, and you end up running from that thing for the rest of your life, and you show up to church, you put on a mask, you act like everything is fine, but deep down you're broken, deep down you're hurting, deep down you need healing in your life. 
Instead of running away from your problems, this is the secret. Instead of running away from your problems, you need to run to God with your problems. Instead of running away from your problems, we need to run to Jesus with our problems and allow his Holy Spirit to work in our life. Because let me tell you, the first step to fixing a problem is to admit that there is a problem. The first step to fixing a problem is admitting that there is a problem. See, God helps us to heal us, but he cannot deliver us and he cannot heal us fully unless we're willing to get real with him. And let me tell you, it it may be a quick process. I've seen God just turn things around. I've seen people that were going through things that had spirits on them, that had something on the inside of them that was not of God, where the spirit of God just came and removed it. But other times I've seen it to where it's gradual healing, where, where it's a process but be patient. And I believe that this is the first work the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, and that's to heal us. That's to heal us in our lives, because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. I love Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, because it says this, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declare the Lord. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how many scars you have in your life, what people did to you maybe what you even did to yourself. God is not too big for little things, and he's not too little for big things in life. If you care about it, God cares about it. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus over every single person in this place. You will not go through the rest of your life broken and hurting. You will be healed because whom the Son is set free is free indeed. You are not a loser. You are a victor. You are an overcomer through Christ Jesus. And God doesn't want to see you just barely make it through life struggling. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. And let me tell you tonight, don't be chasing after other things of this world to, to complete you. Like that, that person next to you, that husband, that wife, I know that they're great. I know that God may have brought you guys together, but that person cannot complete you the way that God can complete you. Amen. Just because things feel good doesn't mean that it's always good. We need to be sure that we know the one who can take every one of our weights, every one of our sins, every single broken thing in our life and piece it together. God is the master builder. Maybe you have a broken heart in this place tonight and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. You need to gather up the pieces of your broken heart and give it to God and let him piece you together. Nothing's too far gone and nothing is too broken and nothing is too messed up that God cannot fix and turn around for his good. I feel God's presence in this place. You need to know that tonight. God, his Holy Spirit, wants to heal us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit expands us. The Holy Spirit expands us. Expand means to simply be more extensive. It means to enlarge. It means to have better understanding, to have more knowledge than you had before. In other words, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our healer, but he's also our teacher. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. In this verse, we find Jesus talking to the disciples. He's he's telling the disciples this because he knows that there's coming a day where he can't stay with them in the flesh forever. 
There's, a, there's coming a day where he's going to die on the cross. He's going to pay for the sins of humanity. He's going to be resurrected, but then he's going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And he wanted, to, he wanted the disciples to know, hey, you know, just because I'm gone doesn't mean that I'm just going to leave you hanging. I'm not just going to leave you by yourself because you have to understand that Jesus was known as a master teacher. Jesus was a master teacher. In fact, in the Gospels, he's referred to as the teacher 60 times. He's referred to as the teacher. He could break things down. He was the perfect leader, Jesus Christ. He knew how to break things down, to make things simple for people to understand and comprehend and help them get focused and help them grow and de develop and mature. Let me tell you tonight, the same way that Jesus taught the disciples is the same way that the Holy Spirit is going to teach you in your life. I'm going to say that again because I felt like we could have got a better response from that. The same way that Jesus taught the disciples is the same way that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. you know, because here's the difference between us following after God and the disciples following after God. Now God's invisible. Amen. We're following after the Spirit of God. See, God is wanting to invest knowledge. He's wanting to invest understanding in us. He's wanting to teach us things in our life. He, he's our teacher, but the question you have to ask yourself tonight, how much of a student am I? How teachable am I? Because let me tell you, God's always teaching. Life is always teaching, so that means you always have to be learning. God's always teaching. That means we always have to be learning from God. Like, don't go through life thinking that you have everything figured out and that you are a scholar. I don't want to ever go through life as a scholar. One thing I've heard is, like, if I'm in a room with people that are not as smart as me, I'm, I'm in the wrong room. I want it to grow. I want to go to the next level. I want, to, I want to begin to not stay the same Caleb that I am today, but I want to become a different. Like, the same Caleb that you see on this stage tonight is not going to be the same Caleb that you see a year from now. Because of God and his Holy Spirit and teaching me and developing me and maturing me as a person in my life, I don't want to go through life thinking I have everything figured out because the moment that you think you've arrived is the moment that you're not going to make any more progress in life. And the moment that you think you've arrived, don't go through life as a scholar. Go through life as a student. Because scholars always lead to experts. And experts always lead to critics. You're going to be criticized everything else. And you're not going to notice your own fault. We have to be students in our lives. Always be moldable and shapeable. I don't know if shapeable is a word. By the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can expand your knowledge in all different areas of your life. You've got to have the mindset, God, everything that I do is for you. If you go, it says in the Bible, everything that you put your hand to, do it unto God. I promise you, if you go to that college and you say, God, I'm going to do my best for you and for your glory, God will give you supernatural inventory in your mind for you to understand, for you to think clearly, for you to be focused, laser focused, for you to absorb things more when you're ahead of the rest of the class. And people are going to ask you, man, how are you doing that? How are you acing that test? How, how are you doing all these different things? You say, hey, I'm just being led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. That may sound super spiritual to some of you guys, but didn't, didn't it just say in John chapter 14, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, all things in your life. Even at your job, the Holy Spirit can teach you anywhere, anytime. So now we have to ask yourself, like, how do 
I become teachable? Like, how do I learn from God? How, how does the Holy Spirit mentor me in my life? You got to ask yourself, are you reading the Bible? Are you reading the Bible? Like, honestly, like, if you hear something that is against God's word, then that thing is not God's word. We learn God's voice by reading God's word. So whenever you read the Bible, whenever you open up that book, it's not just a 2,000-year-old book that's, that's irrelevant to you in your life. No, it's God's love letter to us. And every time that we read the word of God, we got to see the Bible as a mirror where we're looking at the Bible and we're reflecting back on our own life where we're saying, you know, God, you know, what areas should I be better in? God, teach me. God, shape me. God, mold me. I heard somebody say this, like, Bible stands for basics and basic instructions before leaving earth. It's not in the Bible. Don't look it up. <laughs> but God's given us instruction. He wants to help us. He wants to teach us things. Did you know that the Bible is the only book that you can read where the, whole, where the author is always present? Where the Holy Spirit's always right there? He's always right here. Whenever you read things in God's words, it's like, God, I, didn't, I never even noticed this before. God, I... I feel like I need to not just be a reader of the word, but I need to, do, I need to be a doer of the word. Yeah. Not just a spectator, but a participator. God, you're reading the word of God. You're being discipled. See, here at this church, we do not believe in building hype. We believe in building disciples. And you'll have to encourage you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Let me tell you tonight, the only way that you can go where God's called you to go is to be obedient to the, his voice, to be a student in his word, so that way you can grow and that way you can mature. Amen? God expands us. His Holy Spirit helps us expand. He is our teacher. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit leads. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I love that. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if I follow after God, that makes me a child of God. Like, you're not a son or daughter of God just because you follow rules, because that's religion. We become sons and daughters of God by following after his Spirit, because that's a relationship. And do you know that the Holy Spirit, that God cares about the direction that you are heading in life right now? Like, God cares about where you're going. And let me tell you tonight, this may hurt a little bit, but God leads us where we need to be, not where we want to be. I'm going to say that again. I knew I wasn't going to get a response after that. I've heard it say, if it's dead quiet, that's when you know that it's good preaching, okay? Like, God doesn't always lead us where we want to be. He leads us where we need to be. See, Jesus told his disciples, hey, follow me. His disciples didn't say, hey, Jesus, you follow me. See, we are called to follow after the Holy Spirit, to be led by God, not for us to lead the Holy Spirit. Like, our job is obedience. God's job is the outcome. God leads us in our lives. And I love this right here. I hope somebody gets a hold of this right here. Our job is to follow after God. How do we follow after God? You got to know that the word of God is the map. You want to know who Jesus is? Read the word of God. The word of God is the map. 
You want to know God's heart? Read the word of God. The word of God is the map, but the spirit of God is the guide. And I hope somebody gets this right now, what I'm about to say. The word of God is the map, but the spirit of God is the guide. See, the Bible will say, hey, don't forsake the gathering of the saints, which pretty much means, hey, don't forget about going to church. Get involved at a church. You know, be a part of the body of Christ. Be a part of the local church. Get involved. Be active. But the Holy Spirit will lead you and tell you which church you are called to be at. Oh, that's good. It's in the details. See, the, the Bible say, he who has found a good wife has found a good thing. It says that. The Holy Spirit will help you find the right person in your life that you need to be with by discernment in your life. That's good. See, the Bible will say, hey, stay away from sin. But then the Holy Spirit will be there to lead us, to tell us what's right. It says that God will write his commandments in our heart. We'll have conviction in our life. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this thing. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that thing. If you have a little knower, if you have like a little voice inside of you saying, hey, don't do that thing. Maybe don't do this thing. You have something somewhere. Could it be that that's God telling you not to do it, that he's leading you, that he knows what's best for you? The word of God is the map, but the spirit of God is the guy. God will never lead you into sin for you to sin. He'll always lead us away from sin. Maybe God's led you to a place right now. You said, you know, Caleb, I, I was obedient to the voice of God. I, was being, I feel like I was being obedient to where God's called me to be. I feel like I've been misled. Let me tell you right now, if, if it's God's way, then he'll pay. If it's his will, then it's his bill. And if God leads you to something, he's going to guide you through something. God does not do things halfway. The Holy Spirit leads us in our lives. Amen? Yes. And that we're going to end off with a bang tonight. The fourth thing that the Holy Spirit gives us is power. Oh, the Holy Spirit gives us power. Like lastly, but this is not the least one. I love this one right here, man. Luke chapter 24 verse 49 says this, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesus is ascending into heaven. He's telling the disciples, hey, wait in the upper room. Go wait in the city because I'm going to send you my spirit to give you power from on high. I'm going I'm to give you power from on high. See, before the disciples could ever embark into their ministry and go travel all around, they had to be empowered and they had to be filled with the same spirit that Jesus Christ had. And Jesus promised them that. Hey, I'm going to give you my spirit. Did you know that he didn't only just promise them, but he promised us? Think about this. Like, Jesus, whenever Jesus died on the cross for us, it says that the veil was torn. It says that the veil was torn. What was the veil? The veil was in the temple. The temple carried the presence of God. And there was different levels of the presence of God. And there was this place called the Holy of Holies. And once a year, the high priest for Jerusalem, for, for the Israel nation, could go into the Holy of Holies. But he had to have pure heart. He had to have pure hands. He had to clean hands. He, he, he didn't have sin in his life. He had to make sure that he went through the process of making sacrifices and making sure that everything was consecrated unto God. And if he went into the Holy of Holies, 
on behalf of Israel to pray for the people, to ask God for forgiveness for their sins, if he went into that holy of holies place, unclean, it says that he would literally drop dead. Why? Because God is so holy and he's so mighty and his presence is so overwhelming, but we are just so not holy. <laughs> you know? And it says that they would even tie like a rope to his ankle and there would be a bell right there too. And if they didn't hear that bell in there, they would know that he died and they would literally pull him out and he could only do this once a year. But whenever Jesus Christ died on the cross for us 2,000 years ago, I love this. It says that the veil was torn. What was the veil? The veil represented our separation from God, showing us how jacked up we were, showing us how messed up we were, showing that we're not worthy to enter into the presence of God. So whenever Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, he who knew no sin became sin, so that way you can become the righteousness of God. So that way you can be reconciled, you can be redeemed, and you can be made whole, and you can be worthy to carry the presence of God. So whenever the veil was torn, the Holy Spirit was released, and it was looking for a new temple. And guess who he found? He could have chosen any other place. He could have chosen any other person. He could have chosen any other thing in our life. But guess what? He chose people like me that are messed up, that are broken, that are hurting, that have sin. And he chose people like you. You need to know that you are a carrier of the presence of God. I feel God's spirit right now, man. See, before Jesus, we were tombs. But after Jesus, we became temples. Jesus transformed you. It says in Christ, you are a new creation. Do you know that Jesus couldn't do what he did on this earth without the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? Like the only way that Jesus could do what he did was if he was full of the Holy Ghost, to walk on water, to open blind eyes, to heal uncurable, uncurable diseases, to cast out demons. Did you know that in the Bible, there's no other recording of demons getting cast out until Jesus came? Ooh, that's, that's authority. There's no other recording. The closest thing you'll find is, one of the closest things you'll find is whenever David is playing a harp and he's singing praises unto God, and Saul is vexed by a spirit, and the spirit leaves him. See, there's a difference between being oppressed and being possessed. Because whenever Jesus walked into a room, demons began to tremble. Whenever Jesus walked into a room, sickness had to go. Whenever Jesus walked into a room, everything that was not in line with God's word had to go because he had so much authority on the inside of him. And guess what? You carry the same authority tonight. Everywhere that you go, you are a carrier of God's presence. And I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders take place in this place. Let me tell you right now, I don't ever put a limit on the Holy Ghost in this place. I've seen people delivered. I've seen people set free from demonic forces, from spiritual attacks, from their own flesh, different things that's going on. Church, hear me out tonight. We can never put a cap on the Holy Spirit we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and help us because that's where the power is. It's in the power of God. It's in the power of his spirit that moves through us. God wants to move through you and he wants to move in you. There is no power on this planet or outside of this planet that can compete with the power of the Holy Ghost, period. There's nothing that can compete with the power of the Holy Ghost. Because whenever you feel weak, 
the Holy Spirit gives you strength. When there is chaos, the Holy Spirit gives you peace. Where there is fear, the Holy Spirit gives you faith. The Holy Spirit and you are a dynamic duo. Without him, you're going to struggle. But with the Holy Spirit, with the helper, you are an unstoppable force. Say that again. Somebody needs to hear that in this place. Without the Holy Spirit in your life, without the helper, you are going to struggle. But with the Holy Spirit, you are an unstoppable force. There's no demon. There's no devil. There's no principality. There's no imp. There's no other person. There's no other sin. There's no other sickness and disease that can come between you and the Lord. Because why? Because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us 2,000 years ago. I feel God's presence. Amen. So you may be saying tonight, and I'm coming to a close, you may be saying tonight, Caleb, this sounds great. How, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? If you didn't notice tonight, with our four points and what the Holy Spirit gives us, we spelt out something. Help. Help. How do, how, how do I receive the Holy Spirit in my life? We've got to cry out to God for help. The helper you got to say, God, help me. God, I'm a sinner. God, I've fallen short. God, I've messed up, God. But Jesus, I believe in who you are, Jesus. I believe, Jesus, that you weren't just a good man, that you weren't just a teacher, that you weren't just a prophet, but that you were Lord and that you died on the cross for me and that you laid everything down on the cross for me. I'm a sinner, God. Forgive me. Help me, God. Be there for me, God. I need you. I'm not afraid to become unashamed and be humble in the presence of God. Say, God, help me. God, forgive me. I believe in you. I believe that you died, Jesus, but I believe that you rose, God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, God. Help me. See, we get the Holy Spirit from salvation. But the Holy Spirit gets us from surrender. I don't want to just have the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to have me in my life because we all need the helper. The question is, have you been asking God for help? Have you been asking the Holy Spirit for help? Have you been sensitive? Have you been aware to God moving in you and through you and around your life? Because let me tell you right now, you can go so much further whenever you're partnered with the Holy Spirit than you could do by yourself. You were not called to go through life with your own strength. We needed something greater than us, and that was the Spirit of God. The helper. Like, it's going to be hard for God to help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. you got to have something inside of you saying, God, uh, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. God, help me, please, God. Help me, please. Have you been asking for help? I remember this one time, I was in high school, and there was nobody at my house, and I was dealing with some insecurities, dealing with some things at my school. And I thought to myself, God, you know, I want to be in ministry. I want to preach the gospel. I want to do what you've called me to do, God. But I just feel unworthy, God. I feel like there's so many different things happening. God, help me. And I just began to ask God for help. I said, God, help me. God, I need your help. I don't care, man. You, you need, sometimes you got to get loud for God, and maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're in your closet. Maybe you're right at home. Call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, help me. God, I don't know what to do, God. God, I don't know where to go, God. 
God, I don't know who I am. God, help me tonight. God, help me in this moment, God, because I need you. God, I need you, God. Help me. And on that same night, my dad was in his room, and he told me nobody was at my house, and he had a dream, and in the dream, he heard me calling out for help. It wasn't even in my house. He heard me calling out for help, and he felt the Spirit of God wake him up in the middle of the night and said, go pray for Caleb right now. So my dad left his room. He went to me because I was crying out for help. And he prayed over me, and I felt the power of the Holy Ghost, and everything that was not of God began to leave. Let me tell you right now, whenever you step into the presence of God and you surrender to God, everything else, everything else has to go. All the depression has to leave. All the sickness has to go. Everything right now, because nothing impure can stand in the presence of God. What are you trying to say? God hears your cry for help tonight. God hears your cry for help everywhere that you go. Call on the name of Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. It wasn't by coincidence that my dad had that dream. That was the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit helps us so that way we can help other people. Woo! The Holy Spirit helps us so that way we can help other people. It's not all about you. It's all about his name. It's all about his glory. It's all about his people. Everything in life the Holy Spirit is there to help you. It's a promise from God. We can stand to our feet, man. I feel it in this place, man. Holy Spirit's in this place right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring something in somebody's life right now. Yes, Lord. Here's my conclusion right here. The Holy Spirit is not the doer, but rather the helper. He will not do it without us, but if we engage, he will help us with what we need to make happen. I love that. With God, all things are possible in your life. You are not by yourself. Family may have left you. Friends may have left you. People may have forsaken you. But God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. If you have God, you have everything that you need in life. The Holy Spirit heals us. He expands us. He leads us. And he gives us power from on high. Amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.